0: 2020 election coverage on Utah Public Radio is supported by the Utah Women and Leadership Project at Utah State University, working to move mountains for Utah girls and women through research, resources, and events. Information is available at utwomen.org. Election programming is also supported by Southern Utah University, offering online programs that are designed to provide flexibility and affordability. Accelerate the path to professional achievement by choosing the online degree that's right for you. Information available at suu.edu online.
1: Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. As the election approaches, now just a week away, we want to hear from you. Uh, We are uh, throwing up the phone lines. Uh, We're invited to join us also, if you'd prefer, by email or uh, Twitter. And uh, we want to know uh, which candidates you're passionate about. What issues are top of mind? Which races you're following most closely? Have you voted? Are you going to vote? Maybe you're going to sit this election out? Uh, How are you feeling? Confident? Apprehensive? What do you think about the increasing polarization in our society? Are you worried about uh, anything post-election? Uh, you're the star of the show today, and you can share your thoughts with us right now by email to upraccess at gmail.com, Upraccess at gmail.com. You can call us toll-free, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, and we're on Twitter, at UPR It's at UPR uh, UPR News Director Madeline Mortensen uh, joins us uh, in the adjoining studio. Welcome.
2: Good morning Tom, thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for uh coming on with us. Uh so Maddie and I'll be on of course with you but uh we really are shining the spotlight on you today. Here's your chance uh to to say what's on your mind. We're, we're taking your pulse as well your your emotional temperature as well. Um, and a chance to tout your favorite candidate. We'll give you a minute. You can tout away here on on uh, Access Utah.
2: You know, this would be an interesting election year if there wasn't a pandemic, and Utah were going to have a brand new governor. So, you know, that made for an especially interesting primary race. We have Rob Bishop's congressional seat up. We have a very, very close race in the fourth congressional district between Ben McAdams and Burgess Owens. Um, There's a lot to talk about without the pandemic. And then I think the pandemic um, and the other things we're seeing in our country, you know, the discussions of racial inequality. Quality and the civil unrest we've seen just add a lot of layers. So, we're really excited to know what's on your mind because there is a lot to think about this year.
1: There really is. And I don't know about you, Maddie, but it seems uh, this election, I've known it's coming up, but it, it seems like it snuck up on me a bit because this year has been so long, probably because of COVID.
2: Okay, so I feel the complete opposite to oh, I feel like this election has been happening since before Trump even took <laughs> office. I feel like it's the longest election cycle <laughs> I've ever experienced. It feels surreal that it's happening next week. Um, and I honestly can't imagine the craziness we've been experiencing ending with the election. And honestly, that's probably the way it will be because we know with Mellon ballots, we are likely not going to see clear results come Wednesday morning next week. We saw that in Utah with the governor's race. The race got called in the afternoon like one week later, and it was just very um, anticlimactic. So I think – I feel the complete opposite. I feel like it has been 2020 for 25 years, and I'm so ready for this cycle to kind of move on.
1: Yeah. And I think what you just said, I think that's what I was trying to express inarticulately. It's that, yeah, the election's been going on for four years at least. Um, I'm, I'm putting out an appeal to undecided voters. We, we understand there are fewer of you this time around, but uh, if you haven't made up your mind, I'd love to hear from you. And what are the factors that are going to go into that? Or maybe you made your mind up four years ago. And, you know, so I'd you know, love to hear from you.
2: We'll be hearing, too, I'm imagining, from people who've already cast their ballot. I know with mail-in ballots, mine came a few weeks ago. I filled it out that afternoon. I walked over to the drop box at um, the county building just to make sure that I got it taken care of because we know that um, there's been concerns with the pace of the, the postal system right now and just wanting to make sure that you get that ballot in. So I think that's going to be another interesting part of this conversation.
1: Yeah. Uh by the way, uh as happens a lot on Access Utah, uh some of my friends will be appearing on this program. Uh I'll make reference to them. I'll preserve your anonymity. But but the you know, friends are who I talk to, right? And so that's my possibly very skewed, um, non-scientific uh, frame of reference, you know, besides the media and, and, and polling and, and such, um, I have some friends who are generally, genuinely concerned, very concerned about the aftermath of this election and fear of violence that may happen.
2: You know, I think that that's something that's on a lot of people's minds. We saw last week that Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox and Professor Chris Peterson put out those PSAs about... Um, being united and about how we can have these different opinions without having these these fights and the when I talked on the phone with the lieutenant governor he said it came from a conversation with one of his friends where his friend was talking about the concern for civil unrest and so the goal from that was to really remind us that what makes our democracy work is peacefully accepting the results of elections I think that's something that's on a lot of people's minds right now is how do we how do we um move past this election in a year when we have experienced so much civil unrest and so so much concern and fear and Animosity.
1: Yeah. Uh, I thought that was wonderful, uh, Lieutenant Governor Cox and and Professor Peterson.
2: It was so refreshing. And obviously, we aren't the only people that thought it was wonderful. We saw it on the BBC even, so international news. Um, I did see one comment that I thought was interesting. Someone in an article I read, and it's like, if the race was really, really close, would we see that happening? Right. I think that's a fair question. But I also think um, it's nice to see people do – in positions of influence, trying to do something um, to add to a positive conversation, where we have a pretty negative national conversation when it comes to politics right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, very negative, and it doesn't seem like it's getting better anytime soon. Uh, We do have a caller.
2: Yeah, Uh, let's let's, take a caller.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, Caller, go ahead.
3: Hi, Hi, this is uh, Paul in Logan, and I'm very excited about the candidacy of Darren Perry for the 1st Congressional District. Um, being the first uh Native American and probably first minority uh, individual to run for that seat uh and then I'd like you all to comment um, one of Darren's uh platform or campaign comments is that he uh is the only candidate running for that office that's in the district uh, what about candidates that live outside the district it seems funny to myself and my spouse that that, that that's even possible Uh, I'll I'll take the answer offline. Thank you
1: so much. Okay, thank you, Paul. Appreciate that. That's a
2: really great question um, because it's something that we're actually seeing a lot this year. In the fourth congressional race, neither Ben McAdams nor Burgess Owen live in that district. And it's interesting because when Ben McAdams ran for that seat two years ago, Mia Love did live in the district. And so her campaign was making a big deal about how Ben McAdams did not live in the district. And clearly that didn't work. Mia Love lost and Ben McAdams went to Congress. But this year in the fourth congressional district, it's not a big part of the conversation because both candidates are doing it. But we did see that a lot in the Primary, I believe there were four candidates, and uh, even though um, Blake Moore did not live in the district, he's still the one that won very narrowly. But he won, and I believe that the congressional seat is the only seat that congressional house seat is the only seat where you cannot live in the district. Um, it's always, I think, it's always been that way. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure it's always been that way. It used to not be something we saw very often, but we're seeing it more and more. The argument um, is send your best and your brightest. You know, there's only so many seats in D.C., so let's send the best people from our state. And of course, that counter argument is how can someone that's living in Salt Lake understand a district that affects so much rural Utah? So that's kind of the both sides of that argument. Um, It's an interesting one, and it's interesting that we are seeing it more and more. In Utah,
1: yeah, I I think I have perceived that, uh, Maddie. That more and more it's happened. It used to be not as much that way, but we're seeing it more and more. Reminds you of the parliamentary system in Britain, where your your party just assigns you to a constituency, and you might you might live hundreds of miles away, and it's you know nobody lives in there <laughs> in their in their district in in Britain. Um, but I guess the argument, best and brightest, and if the people elect them, then. Uh, then hopefully they're well represented.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And I haven't looked at polling for that race for a while, but as to be expected the first congressional seat is a Republican stronghold. Um I think it's pretty safe to say that despite living in the not living in the district um I don't think we'll be questioning next Wednesday whether or not Blake Moore is the winner. I think the ballots that are turned in will pretty clearly distinguish it because it is such a Republican stronghold in this district.
1: Right. I do remember Darren Parra did bring this up in the debate. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess the argument in favor is, you know, it- you live in the district, maybe you have a better handle on the the unique uh, issues.
2: Yeah, I think that I think that's definitely the argument for living in the district for sure. And I think that's honestly um, something that people kind of expect. I think people are kind of surprised, shocked, or even kind of uncomfortable. I've got a comment on Facebook from a woman um, who said in Cache Valley who said. Um, That one of her concerns is that she does not appreciate that Blakemore is running for a congressional seat in a district in which he does not even live. Are we his ticket to move to D.C.? Um, And I think that's definitely a feeling people have. But once again, I think polling will say I think just knowing about this district will say that um, at the end of the day, the fact that Blake Moore is a Republican will weigh stronger in his favor than the fact that Darren Perry lives in the district.
1: Yeah. That's always been an argument in favor of term limits, right? The, yeah. the, the people, you know, you get elected, you move to D.C., you live there for decades, and uh, and maybe by that you get out of touch with the with the issues specific to that district or state. Um, uh, if you've just joined us, we are uh, shining the spotlight on you. We're giving you an opportunity to, we'll give you a minute to tout your favorite candidate. Uh, we would love to hear what's on your mind and, and uh, I guess in your heart and mind. Uh, take your emotional temperature as well. This has been a tumultuous year, and uh, elections been part of that. And uh, how do you feel just a week out? And uh, are you worried about the aftermath as well? Uh, what candidates are you passionate about? What issues are top of mind? And uh, how have you made your mind up? Uh, perhaps you're undecided. We'd love to hear about that. Um, so, Maddie, here's an email. It's come in from Jean, who lives in southern Utah. Uh, she says, front page headline in Sunday's Salt Lake Tribune, as cases shatter records, hospitals may ration care. With hospital ICUs filling up, healthcare workers facing unrelenting stress and burnout, including having to decide who lives and who dies, how could anyone vote for Spencer Cox for governor when he has uh, the lead, or he was the lead in the state's coronavirus response, which was an abject failure? The team of University of Utah law professor Chris Peterson and Karina Brown got my vote. Utahns who fail to wear masks and practice appropriate distancing are giving overworked healthcare workers the middle finger. We can't fully open schools and businesses until everyone wears a mask. And so Jean uh, definitely has uh, the the COVID coronavirus top of mind, and uh, what she feels is Spencer Cox's uh, failure of leadership in her vote for uh, Chris Peterson and Corinne Brown.
2: You know, I think the coronavirus, even though it will hopefully not be the most important thing in the next four-year term, whether for governor or president. Hopefully, we'll get to a point where we're talking about other policies than just coronavirus. Um, Everyone's life is different. And so a lot of people, I think, are voting on how they feel about coronavirus response. We've seen that it's a huge argument for why to vote for Biden and Harris, not just for why to vote for the Democratic governor in Utah, but for why to vote Democratic for the presidential election is people's feelings of failure on that. Um, And I think it just Depend. a lot of that depends on how you view the coronavirus if you view it as a threat that more could have been done about i think people are more in favor of a regime change if you believe that the reaction to the virus is what's created the problem is by disrupting the economy you might be more in favor of republican leadership that you feel like is going to keep some of those mandates lower and i think that just really reflects on so much of the climate being that um Different people just view reality differently. We're just moving from a place of shared... Re- I mean, maybe we never had it, but it's becoming more and more clear that a sense of shared reality is is not necessarily how we view the world and how we'll be voting. I think a lot of how you're interpreting the coronavirus coronavirus crisis is really going to impact the way you're casting your ballot.
1: I want to throw that particular question out to uh, listeners, Maddie. Um, I would love to hear what you think about that fracture in the media, right? And and uh, social media plays a part as well. And uh, we're, it seems like we're seeing the world in their different groups in a totally different way and that that's not going to converge anytime soon. It's diverging.
2: I think you're right. I think it's really hard um hard for us to understand. And I think it's also hard because there are situations where there are multiple things that can be correct, you know, possibly in all situations. So getting down to that point of where we're making decisions from a common place is really challenging, especially right now. And I think especially when people are so scared. I think all of us, no matter what party or affiliation we're voting for, there's definitely some some fear in how we're casting our ballots, fear about the outcome, whether it's civil unrest and whether it it's who ends up leading us. Uh,
1: so the number to, to reach us, I neglected to give that a minute ago. Uh, the, here's the way you can reach us. We'd love to hear from you. We're, we're providing this program completely for you. Um, love to hear what you think and what you're feeling here just a week out from the election. Uh, we're on Twitter at UPR Access, at UPR Access. You can call us at 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. That's toll free. Or you can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, Upraccess at gmail.com. We'll give you a minute to tout your favorite candidate, give a total uh, plug, um, uh, or and or. We'd love to know how you're feeling, uh, what issues you're following, which candidates you're passionate about, and uh, how do you feel about the vote, um, and uh, anything you'd like to say about, uh, about the election. 800 um, 826
2: You know, while we wait for some callers, Tom, I have another comment on social media that I got a few weeks ago that I'd love to read. It's from um, Stephen in Cache Valley. And Stephen says, I feel like I don't even want to vote this year. In my opinion, the biggest issue right now in America is that people are divided instead of dealing with that issue. It seems that all either side wants to do right now is add fuel to the fire. I think instead of adding my vote to support either party, I'll add my vote to the low voter turnout. Um... And I think that is a real feeling that people have right now. I definitely think it's less of a feeling that I've seen in my social circles, but I think it's maybe a feeling people aren't vocalizing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just i am thinking about this. um, I think this kind of shows maybe how much that top ticket race. Distracts from the rest of the ballot. Mm -hmm. People feel like the presidential election is the only thing happening right now. But in Utah, you're voting for people at every level. You're voting for your governor. You're voting for congressional. You're voting for state legislature, possibly county council. There's amendments. There's judge retention. So I think what I would want to say to someone like Stephen is if you're deciding that not voting for president is the way you want to go, it's still worth opening that mail-in ballot and seeing what else is on there because it's a long ballot. And there might be some things on there that aren't even partisan that maybe you really want to weigh in on. There's even a constitutional amendment that's going to impact how we're funding education in our state moving forward. And no matter what your party affiliation is, that's probably something that you want to be adding your um, your opinion and your convictions to.
1: Yeah, that's a great point, Maddie. Um, and you you can leave you can leave some races you know unselected. That's not going to ruin your ballot, uh, right?
2: Yeah, you, can... you don't need to cut in everything. So I would say if there's a race that you really cannot vote in good conscience on, don't let that be the reason that you're not opening your ballot and not returning it before um, Election Day next week.
1: And by the way, um, uh, you know, if, if you and I have friends who say, hey, I, uh, I don't like Trump and I don't like Biden. So what am I going to do? Right. Well, you've you've got um, Constitution Party, Libertarian Party, Green Party,
2: Kanye West is on our ballot. Kanye Can you West is
1: on the, on the ballot. Uh, you got Brock Pierce, who's another unaffiliated presidential candidate. You have got several independent uh, write-in candidates. Um, so, or you could write in somebody that you want. So there, there, there's options for you.
2: There really is. I think. Um Like I said, I just think the presidential election sucks all the air out of the room. And it's important. We've seen that it affects our lives. We know that it does. But who's on your county council? Who's on your school board? How those constitutional amendments shake out, that is the potential to affect you um, even more on a daily basis than maybe that presidential race is going to impact you.
1: We've had an email and a a tweet from Rob Latham. That name may ring a bell to you. Uh, uh, he says, excited to have cast my ballot for Libertarian candidate for President of the United States, Dr. Joanne Jorgensen, the first woman to have twice appeared on the ballot in all 50 states on this 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment and women's constitutional right to vote in the U.S. Learn more at jo20.com, J O 20.com. Also grateful for the opportunity of cast a vote for myself as Utah's second congressional district representative to the United States Congress. Uh, learn more at org. So that's Rob Latham. He's the Libertarian Party candidate in the second congressional district.
2: You know, and I think later this week we're going to talk more about third-party races, Tom, if I Yes, remember, on Thursday, right? yes. And I think third-party races are something people are asking lots of questions about. Um, I have a younger brother who really loves Joe Jorgensen as a candidate and he's excited to how see how she does um, in Maine because I believe Maine has ranked choice voting. And ranked choice voting has taken me a long time to understand, but essentially um, it's kind of, I think, runoff. So, um, the, you know, if they look at, you know, first, second, third, fourth choice, however, for each for everyone, and they see who gets the most first choice. And if that person doesn't have, I believe, a majority of the votes, then they go through. And if your one of your choices got um, eliminated, if your first choice got eliminated, your second choice becomes your first choice. And I am interested to see how Maine's electoral results look, um, just because I think that some people have hoped that that could be a way that third-party candidates might be able to gain traction. So I think... You know, remembering that there are options beyond Democratic and Republican, but also recognizing that with our Electoral College, with our winner-take-all system, it can be hard for those candidates to get traction.
1: Yeah, uh, Maine is, uh, that's interesting, they're doing that experiment up there, and it seems to be going well so far. California, for example, has the the so-called jungle primary, you know, where we're ir- regardless of, uh, of, of party, uh, everybody joins in in the primary, uh, so we're you know some states are trying these experiments, and I, I and I applaud that. I I think we. We kind of get stuck in in our ways.
2: I would have loved to see that with our gubernatorial primary this year for the Republican Party, where we had four candidates that really kind of crossed the um, ideological conservative spectrum. You know, we had John Huntsman all the way over to Greg Hughes. You know, just a lot of different ideas across that spectrum. Would have been so interesting to see the results if we had had ranked choice voting in that primary. Yeah.
1: Here's another email. Uh, This is from Elizabeth. Uh, who says, can you please tell me about Mr. Cottom's stance on vaccines? Uh, she's talking about, uh, I think, Boyd Cottom, who is the gubernatorial candidate, libertarian oh, gubernatorial I think candidate.
2: It's, I think someone else wrote his name. I think it's maybe Daniel.
1: Oh, uh, sorry, Daniel,
2: Daniel. Daniel Cottom. Sorry, I,
1: I apologize to Mr. Cottom. It is Daniel, and he's running for governor, I believe, right?
2: Yeah, He is.
1: Uh, libertarian. Uh, so Elizabeth asks, can you please tell me about Mr. Cottom's stance on vaccines? Uh, is he in favor of mandatory vaccines or allowing ex- exceptions and uh, choice slash medical autonomy?
2: I'm Googling that and I'm just not seeing that that's open Um
1: so we'll try to get an answer for you, uh, Elizabeth. Yeah, uh, if you know, you that.
2: that would be awesome if you uh, called uh, in and let us know.
1: Right, yeah. So if you know and want to emphasize that uh, you support his stance, uh, we'd love you to email back or, or call us.
2: But cotton does have a contact page. So that would be, I think, my first recommendation to Elizabeth to reach out. I think third-party candidates I've sometimes noticed have been more um, responsive just because they're not running um, – Maybe their campaigns aren't requiring them to communicate with as many people. So I definitely think there's wisdom in reaching out to those candidates. I think a lot of them are pretty responsive.
1: Yeah. Um, And then we have this email from Gary uh, who says, Utah voters really need to take a look at Daniel Cottom's position on issues. I think they will find good common sense solutions. Uh, so that is from uh, from Gary. Uh, so thanks uh, for those. Um, and b- by the way, just to emphasize, Daniel Cottam is the Libertarian candidate for governor in uh, in Utah. So um, thanks thanks for those. Uh, here is another uh, email um, from Chris. Uh, the uh, he's referring to Mitch McConnell in, in this uh, email. Uh, curious about the McConnell race, huge roadblock for many years. Uh, that's Chris in St. George. So it sounds like uh, Chris is hoping that uh, Mr. McConnell will be defeated. Uh, in answer, I think you're asked, I think he, Chris is asking about the uh, the polls. It looks like uh, Mr. McConnell. It's, it's tighter than he maybe would have liked, but I think he is ahead of Amy McGrath, who is his Democratic challenger. It looks like right now uh, Mitch McConnell will be returned to the United States Senate, if if that's the question you were asking. Uh, Sounds like Chris is against McConnell, calls him a roadblock. Uh, So let's take a break. Yeah. Let's take a break. Um, And uh, when we come back, uh, we would love to read your email, we'd love to hear from you in a phone call, or love to read your tweet as well. Uh, We're throwing open all of those uh, avenues for you. And uh, just looking to uh, looking to you uh, for your thoughts. What's your favorite candidate? Uh, who are you voting for? Maybe you're voting with some passion against a candidate. We hear we hear that as well. Uh, what are the issues top of mind uh, for Jean, uh, who we read her email earlier? Uh, it is COVID and uh, COVID response. That's how she's judging the gubernatorial race. Um, are you apprehensive about this election and the aftermath of this election? Um, or are you feeling uh, pretty good? Take your emotional temperature as well. We will we'll give you a minute to tout your favorite candidate as well. 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. We're on Twitter at UPR Access, at UPR Access. And you can email us to Access at gmail.com, UPRAccess at gmail.com. More following this.
0: 2020 Election Programming on Utah Public Radio is supported by Southern Utah University, offering online programs that are designed to provide flexibility and affordability. Accelerate the path to professional achievement by choosing the online degree that's right for you. Information available at suu.edu online. And election coverage is also supported by the Utah Women and Leadership Project at Utah State University, working to move mountains for Utah girls and women through research, resources, and events. Information is
2: available at utwomen.org. This is Katie Swain, the Director of Membership at Utah Public Radio. UPR is listener-supported, and that means it is your donation dollars that make everything we do possible. Thanks to the hundreds of listeners who donated during our fall member drive and our fall makeup drive, I'm happy to report that we have reached our $50,000 fundraising goal, and we've even exceeded it. Your generous contributions ensure that we can continue bringing you excellent programming and factual news coverage. You've also made it possible for us to continue to expand our program offerings. Thank you for standing with UPR this year.
4: Hi, I'm Steve Williams, host of Jazz Time here on Utah Public Radio. I hope you'll join me Sunday evenings for a journey through the world of jazz music, from ragtime to bop. From
1: Havana to Logan, Utah, tune in for a bit of history, commentary, the occasional interview, and of course, all that jazz. Jazz time, Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock on Utah Public Radio. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. This is our election spotlight. Spotlight's on you. And we'd love to hear what you uh, are thinking, what you're feeling. What are the issues top of mind? Who are you voting for? Are you voting? Uh, Matty read a, a Facebook post from earlier. The, the person said they're totally turned off. They're not going to vote. We'd love to hear from you, if it, even if that's the case. Um, what are the issues? Is it health care? Is it COVID? Supreme Court? Foreign relations? Taxes? The economy? Democracy? Uh, character perhaps uh, race relations, safety and security, uh, any of those or uh, another issue. Uh, maybe it's the county council race or your, your, your local school board. We'd love to hear about that as well. Here's how you can reach us, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Uh, is the toll-free number. You can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com, and we're on Twitter at upraxcess. And uh, let's go to uh, caller uh, who is uh, Karina in uh, in Cache County. Karina, welcome to the program.
4: Oh, hello. Thank you, Tom, for having me. Uh,
1: so uh, is uh, are you running for office? Is this, Is this that, Karina?
4: <laughs> yes, this is Karina Brown. I'm okay, the Democratic okay. candidate for oh. lieutenant governor with Chris Peterson for governor. Yes. Oh. Um, so I'm concerned about that race, of course, seeing you know how the uh, results turn out next week. But I'm also concerned about the Affordable Care Act because Utah is in a lawsuit to repeal the Affordable Care Act. Uh, and that will be heard before the Supreme Court on November 10th.
5: Yeah.
1: Yes. So uh, affordable care is is top of mind, and uh, and and then of course you're plugging Chris Peterson and yourself uh, in the gubernatorial race. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, while we got you on, we'll just uh, we'll give you you know thirty seconds. Uh, why why should we vote for Chris Peterson yourself over Spencer Cox and um, I'm forgetting the lieutenant governor.
2: Oh, it's Senator D. De- De- Senator.
1: De- yes. Thank you, uh, and I apologize to Senator uh, Henderson. Uh, go ahead.
4: Well, I think Chris and I share the same values. His commitment to consumer protection and my commitment to Medicaid expansion, healthcare care access show that we're willing to fight for, for all Utahns, for vulnerable populations. And so we're willing to fight for all of Utah, not just um, large donors. Or
1: Sounds like we draw
4: perspective oh. the Utah government.
1: Uh, you dropped out just very briefly there, but I think we got your uh, got your message. Well, uh, Karina Brown, uh, well, thank you so much. Well, thank you. You're you're plugging, of course, Chris Peterson and yourself, and and uh, top of mind for you is is uh, Affordable Care Act. Uh, next up is uh, Bernadette in Rockville. Bernadette, uh, glad you called. Go ahead.
3: So um, I'm concerned about the Lake Powell pipeline. I think it's a bad idea in the time of uh, frequent drought, and also the changes to Grand Staircase Escalante, formerly national monument. So I'm voting for Cale Weston because I think he's with me on both those issues. My daughter's been working with the Fatima Deery campaign for Utah House, so they put a shout out to Fatima. So those are those are my um, main concerns and. Utah is blessed with such a natural world, and it seems like the Republicans would be a little smarter to take advantage of taking care of it.
1: So you're voting for Cale Weston, and then uh, uh, name the other candidate again?
3: Uh, Fatima Deary.
1: Okay, wonderful. Uh, I'm I'm not voting
3: for her because I don't live in the district, but I am supporting her. Supporting
1: her, okay. Uh, Bernadette, I wonder if you, um, uh, is it your hope, if Mr. Biden wins the presidency, that he reverses what Mr. Trump did with the Grand Staircase?
3: Oh, totally. And Bears Ears. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll see what what happens.
3: It's not okay what they did. They didn't acknowledge the tribes that were involved. I mean, the whole presidency has been a sham, if you ask me.
1: Well, thank you, Bernadette. Appreciate that. Yeah. Not to
3: feel too
1: strong, thank you. Okay, okay, thank you. Bernadette in Rockville is called. You can as well. We'd love, love to have you call or email or tweet at us. Uh, we just want to know what's on your mind, which candidates are you supporting, which issues are top of mind. Uh, so 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, or email to upraxis at gmail.com, access at gmail.com, and we're on Twitter at UPRAxis. So, And we have uh, UPR News Director Madeline Mortensen with us as well for the hour. Uh, Maddie, it's interesting, um, you know, public lands, that's another issue that I hadn't mentioned that's top of mind for for Bernadette. Uh, The Antiquities Act, by which a president can declare national monuments um, or, uh, you know, uh, reduce them them. or shrink them, uh, that is in the courts right now, and we'll see, but I assume until that is uh, fully litigated, that Mr. Biden could come and and just reverse what uh, Mr. Trump did.
2: Yeah, that would be interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. But man, I feel like that would be a lot of whiplash for that area. And those monuments, just the back and forth that we would have seen, I guess, over the past six or eight years, depending on what happened. Um, That would be interesting. And, you know, I think one reason why public lands are such an issue in Utah is because so much of our state is federally owned. And, um, just like everything, you know, public lands becomes an issue that impacts education funding, and I think when you get into the nitty gritty, um, it's interesting to see how those how those issues overact over interact. And Karina brought up the Affordable Care Act, which I think is on people's minds, would be on people's minds either way. But especially with coronavirus, I think people are more concerned about maybe their health care. So once again, you know, coronavirus being on people's minds, I think also leads to the Affordable Care Act and health care and the future of that being on people's minds.
1: Yeah, that's certainly true. That That, that is seems to be top of mind. And certainly Democrats are, are, are pushing hard. To, to, to hope that it's top of mind because they feel they have an electoral advantage if, if it is.
2: You know, that's true. And I think it's interesting because, you know, we see some polling right now. I think my understanding is it looks like Biden's ahead. Um, but I think all of us feel kind of burned by 2016. You know, it was not what we expected to wake up to based on polling. And I think especially with by mail ballots, I think all of us are kind of holding our breath right now. It's hard to... Um, sit comfortably and think, we know what's happening in November. I think no matter who you're voting for, there's that um, feeling of November next week, however long it takes to call those results. It's anyone's race.
1: Yeah, certainly so. So I'd throw that out to listeners as well. Uh, How do you feel about that? You know, if you're a if you're a Democrat, uh, are you cautiously optimistic? Are you uh, nail-bitingly nervous? <laughs> if you're a Republican, uh, a supporter of Mr. Trump, do you uh, do you feel like he's he's got a, a real shot? Do you feel confident uh, uh, going into this? And uh, those uh, statewide races, uh, I guess the real, the real nail-biter in Utah is the 4th Congressional District, right? Maddie? The
2: 4th Congressional District between Burgess Owens and Ben McAdams is, I think, the one that's going to be the most interesting. We know this about our state. Um, The districts that are Republican, and of course there are more of those, whether it's congressional or for the state house, those are pretty safe Republican districts. But then the few that are Democratic districts that we see, you know, around Salt Lake, those are pretty safe Democratic districts. There aren't a ton of races in Utah that keep you at the edge of your seat. But this fourth congressional race seems like. Not even seems like this fourth congressional race very likely will go either way, and it's going to be interesting. Um, You know, there was arguments that in two thousand eighteen it helped Ben McAdams that things like medical marijuana were on the ballot. You know, feeling that those ballot initiatives were going to draw Democrats out. We don't have ballot initiatives like that on the ballot that would. Uh, necessarily favor someone of one ideology over the other. But we are seeing that, you know, county clerk's office, election offices in the states are saying it's pretty likely that this is going to be a record turnout year, that we're going to see more votes than we ever have. I think that was the case in the primary for sure. And I think it seems like the trend will continue through this Democratic, this general election. And You know, the other thing with that that people have talked about is in the past four years, there are people that have turned 18 that have been added to the voter base. And we know that statistically, it seems younger voters um, are more likely to vote Democratic and older voters are more likely to vote Republican. So that could have an influence on who's turning out and who we're seeing sending back to Washington.
1: The, the conventional wisdom, the political scientists, I think, are saying that if we have extraordinary turnout on the national level, that's probably going to favor Mr. Biden. I wonder if you've seen anything um, in the 4th Congressional District, a uh, record turnout? Will that favor uh, Mr. Owens or, or Mr. McAdams?
2: You know, I haven't actually seen that, and that would be interesting. That would be super interesting to know. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure on that one. Yeah. I guess we'll yeah. find out I guess we'll find out sometime out, yeah. next month.
1: That, that's right. That's right. If you just joined us, we are uh, giving you an opportunity to plug your favorite candidate. Uh, we'll give you a minute to do that. We've even had a candidate herself call in. And that's open to you as well. Uh, well, a couple. Uh, Rob Latham uh, emailed us as well. Um, Touch your favorite candidate. Uh, we want to take your emotional temperature. How are you feeling going into this election? It's been a long, long year with COVID and the tumultuous elections. Uh, just hear from you. 800-826-1495 or access at gmail dot com.
2: You know, and if you are a candidate, I'd love to hear how you're feeling about um, the results next week. Just since we know that with mail in ballots, it might be a while since we have those. So, are you are you worried that you're going to be biting your nails for a while, or have you just accepted that it might be a bit? Tell you no. Know? I'd love to hear what you're thinking on that.
1: Yeah. Well, let's take another break uh, when we come back I'd like to uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about those constitutional amendments uh, I know in conversations with friends uh, you know we're all a little bit unclear so and they're saying well uh, what what are those there's like eight of them uh, maybe we talk a little bit about a few of those and uh, love to hear how you're going to vote on those of course this is the Constitution and so uh, some of these are pretty minor uh, pretty small tweaks but others may well have some some big effects. Uh, I also like to uh, ask you um, if the fact that Utah is not a swing state does that play in? Do you do you feel you know comfortable not voting because of that? Do you wish you lived in a swing state? Of course, the the downside is you'd get inundated with more advertising than you ever would want in your entire lifetime. I was sure. Uh, Those are a couple of things I want to talk about when we come back. And, of course, whatever's on your mind, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, toll free, or upraxcess at gmail.com, dot at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter at UPR Access. More following this.
4: Thank you to everyone who submitted designs to the Grow Native for Birds Bookmark Art Contest. Submissions have closed now. You have until October 28th to vote for your favorite design that best exemplifies our theme. It's your vote that will determine the winner and the design will be printed on educational bookmarks and distributed by Utah Public Radio and Bridgerland Audubon Society. Go to upr.org, check out all of the awesome submissions, and cast your vote. And thank you so much for your participation. I'm Maria Hinojosa. Next time on Latino USA, we're
3: going to talk about Latino Republicans. Almost a third of Latinos and Latinas voted for President Trump in 2016, and they're probably going to do it again this year.
4: Trump was the man, and Trump was good, and I'd say I don't want to talk politics.
3: That's next time on Latino USA.
0: Coming up this morning at 11 o'clock on Utah Public Radio.
1: You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. This is our election preview call-in show. And uh, we are uh, opening the phone lines, uh, emails available to you and Twitter. Just want to know what's on your mind. What are the issues that are top of mind for you? And uh, who are the candidates you're voting for? We'll give you a chance to tout some candidates, talk about issues, and uh, what's top of mind for you. How are you feeling as well? It's been such a tumultuous year, and the election's been part of that. Uh, are you confident we'll know, uh, have a clear picture of this uh, election, maybe election night or even a, a week out? Um, are you worried about, uh, you know, some people are worried about election fraud? The, the president uh, uh, is talking about that. And do you worry about violence post-election? I've had some friends who are worried about that. Uh, here's how you reach us, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. You can email us to upraxis at gmail.com, access at gmail.com, or we're on Twitter at UPR Access. And we have with us uh, UPR News Director Madeline Mortensen. Maddie, we do have a, a caller. A Susan in St. George is called. Susan, I'm glad you called. Go ahead.
5: I just was uh, i was listening on while I was driving and on my way to drop off my ballot. So the first thing is I was physically dropping off my ballot right now. Um, and there was about five or six other cars that pulled up in just those 30 seconds I was there. So to me, it feels like people are somewhat engaged, even in this, our not swing state, like you were saying. I wish... It- you know we had more as a Democrat I, I am you know sorry that my vote won't um, have a lot of impact in some of the races but um, I still think it's super important to do it um, then this election is the most important one that I feel like I've ever voted in so um, that's really important to me um, and my and really for issues they're all. They all seem like they're really big this year. But um, as an immigration attorney, immigration has been a big issue for me for years and years, and it's it's an, an ongoing problem that never gets fixed. So that's my biggest issue.
1: <laughs> so uh, Susan, to follow up, uh, you say this is the most important election you've ever voted in. Uh, why?
5: I just think that we're on sort of this 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 spiral down with our current president who. Um, def- Lies constantly, and 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 not just him. It's not. It should be bigger than that one person. But it's like it's it's taking the country and ripping us apart. And I think that it starts at the top because he's the representative of who we are as Americans. And I don't think he represents what America's values are. So to me, it's about more than policies from his from that perspective. I think our local races, our Senate races those are all about policy but the president is about like showing who america is and donald trump is not that guy Hmm.
1: Uh, one more question susan uh you're dropping off your ballot and you say there are others were in line there you're not mailing it in Were were, were there any concerns about mail or just more convenient to drop it off
5: i've always i've never had big concerns about mailing it in um i've done it you know obviously here in utah we've done it for a long time and no problems but I don't know. I I wanted it to be extra secure and, and make sure that it counted, and I want to track it and all of those things. So I just I just dropped it off because I felt better about it. But oh, yeah, okay. I think it's safe.
1: All right, and, and you now have voted. So <laughs> congratulations. Voted. To go. Good. <laughs> well, thank you, Susan. Appreciate you uh, uh, sharing your thoughts with us. Thank you. Uh, and you can share your thoughts as well. We'd love to, love to know who you're voting for and why. The issue's top of mind. Uh, uh, any concerns about the voting process? Um, and uh, the way to get us is 800-826-1495 or upraxess at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at upraccess uh, as well.
2: And Susan brings up a great point that you can track your ballot. So I believe it's at vote.utah.gov. That would be where you'd register, where you'd check your voter status. Once you have submitted that ballot, you can check on there to make sure that the county clerk has received it. And I'm pretty sure we don't start counting ballots till election day. So then on election day, I think you can check to make sure it's been counted. So if you've got any worries or, I mean, I just know with by mail vote, I always like to you know go in there and check and be like, OK. It's been received. We're in good shape.
1: Yeah, that, that is a wonderful feature. Uh, you you can track. By the way, I, I, we got an email here at the station um, from um, Weber County, um, and and they're they're holding an open house. I, I if I read between the you know, I didn't read the press release carefully, but I think they're trying to reassure people. Hey, you know, it's a good process.
2: You know, and I think that's the great thing about Utah. We've been voting by mail for a while. We know how to do this. Our county clerks know how to do this. We haven't had issues with it. The thing I always laugh about is I think it was last summer, Bethany Rogers at the Tribune wrote a story and um, the most common issue of voter fraud that they deal with is missionary parents filling out a ballot for their kid and the state elections office looks at those ballots sees they came from the whole same household, sees the signatures match up, call mom and dad and say, hey, please stop. So we're not having a problem with shadowy figures in the alleyway who want to throw our election. It's more so well-intentioned people, maybe not quite understanding things. And the state elections office, the county clerk's office, they're doing a good job keeping us safe. That's what they're trained to do, and they do a good job.
1: Yeah. Uh, I wonder what you're hearing, Maddie, from from the people you talk to, about the fact that Utah is not a swing state, right? And the, and the fact that with the electoral college, it seems like all the attention and and rightly so, you know, from the point of view of of, of the uh, of the election or the outcome of the elections, focused on those swing states. But that can leave, and I've talked to friends who this depresses a bit and, uh, you know, that uh, I, that they feel like their vote really doesn't count as much as if they were in a swing state.
2: You know, I know that's something that people say, and as we're talking about this, um, I think there are a few ways to define swing state. I don't know that Utah will ever be a, Utah will never be a swing state in the sense that we will swing an election, right? But we, um, because even if we did potentially send our votes to a Democratic candidate, we'd be sending four elector six, six, I believe. Six, votes. yes. And that's just not enough to change things. But from this fact of being a competitive state, I do think that's something that's hard for voters. I do think, though, that there are a few things that have maybe shifted who's focusing their attention. When we go back to March, to our pre-COVID world, to the um, Super Tuesday, we saw candidates visiting Utah like we had never seen candidates Mm -hmm. visiting Utah before. And I went and I stood outside the Klobuchar Town Hall and the Buttigieg Town Hall and the Bernie Sanders rally, and I talked to voters. And so while we aren't going to ever be that state that swings an election with just six electoral votes. And while we are not for a long time going to be a state that um, has competitive races when it comes to Republican versus Democrat, I do think things are happening that are helping um, Utahans maybe be a little bit more included in this national conversation.
1: Um, I want to talk a little bit about the constitutional amendments, uh, Maddie. Um, And this this is... um I think some people may not even be aware of these, right? Right.
2: Uh, There's like seven or eight. It goes from A to G, and that's how many there are.
1: Right. Uh, So let's let's start with G. Um, Shall the Utah Constitution be amended to expand the uses of money the state receives from income taxes and intangible property taxes to include supporting children and supporting people with a disability? And I think in the Constitution right now, those funds are earmarked for... K through, through education, right? For
2: education, not just yeah. K through 12. We are, we can use it for collegiate education as well. That was amended in 1996. And so, yeah, right now those funds only go to education. Um, There are some very nuanced arguments and details around this. My understanding is the argument that the legislature is making is that because Utah is really thriving right now um, with jobs, or we were before the pandemic, but I think the hope is that we'll continue, that our income tax is great while our sales tax may be struggling as people switch to buying services. Um, And because we did not have a sales tax change happened earlier this year that people um, people expressed strong displeasure and the legislature repealed that. So the argument, I think, is to send more funds, is to expand the uses of that. But I think the concern is that we are so low on per-pupil spending. And so the legislature, I think, has said that they've built in things that will happen if this passes that protect education. Um but I think people's concerns is maybe why does it need to be changed? Um, So that's, I kind of think, the both on that. And I think from my perspective of reading those amendments, that's the one that seems like it would have the most impact on Utahns, whether or not it passed.
1: Right, right, exactly. Uh, I wanted to get this in because I think it it represents, this email represents, I think, what's I've been talking to some friends about this, and I think finger on the pulse. This is Emily and Logan, who says, I'm very concerned that President Trump has been unable to commit to a peaceful transition of power if he loses the election. I wonder that, uh, I worry that in such a tense time, the drawn-out process of counting mail-in ballots could lead to an increased conflict across the country. That's on my mind heading into the election. So thanks for that, Emily. and I think that represents, you know, a fair number of the uh, of the population, a fair number of our listeners. Uh, one other constitutional uh, amendment, Maddie. I'm um, not sure which letter this is, but it has to do with hunting and fishing.
2: Right. That bill, I believe, was run by Casey Snyder, um, who represents part of Cache County in the Utah House of Representatives, and the bill is to protect hunting and fishing as a constitutional as a constitutional right in Utah. And I believe to use hunting as... Um one of the main tools for wildlife management in the state. And I think the argument for that was that um, that's a really important part of Utah life, let's put it in the Constitution, let's make sure nothing changes. I think a concern against that is um, that it's a bill that there's similar language in other states um, and concerns about maybe who's behind that. And there was a nice um, editorial in the Salt Lake Tribune kind of looking at that and Amendment G and looking at kind of some of the concerns. And I think that that can be so valuable with constitutional amendments because um, when they're there on your ballot, lots of the time it can just seem like, okay, this must be a good thing. So I think it can be helpful to look at maybe why people are worried, but also to know why those lawmakers were putting them on your ballot. So I know that there are good resources that you can just search and get some clarity on what those amendments are.
1: And I'll tout one: vote.utah.gov. And you click on that, they bring up all the races, including the constitutional amendments. And on those constitutional amendments, they have arguments for and against. Yeah. On some of them, some of them are so uncontroversial they don't have any arguments against. Right.
2: Like the First Amendment is to change language in the Constitution to not be masculine. I don't. I think it's. I think it's pretty masculine to yeah. change it to be gender neutral. Another one of the amendments is to remove the clause that slavery can be a punishment. For, Slavery or involuntary servitude can be a punishment for um, crime, and that's another one that they're wanting to eliminate. So I think those are probably maybe the ones that there's no arguments for against. Um, yeah. would be my guess.
1: Uh, but one the ones there are uh, a couple sides too that you have those arguments for and against that can help you to make up your yeah. your mind. So vote.utah.gov is a great site. Uh, Ballotpedia is another great. Uh, yeah, I great love site looking at Ballotpedia. Um, Well, we've reached the end of our time. Thank you to everyone who has responded. Uh, You'll get another chance on Thursday. Well, every day to respond. But we'll talk about elections on Thursday when we'll welcome in representatives from some third parties.
2: And please join Tom and I next week on election night. We're going to be playing national programming from NPR, but we're going to be live taking your calls about those state and local races.
1: Madeline Mortensen, UPR News Director, has been with me. Thank you.
2: Thanks for having me, Tom.
1: And thanks for listening to Access Utah.
2: 2020 election
0: coverage on Utah Public Radio is supported by the Utah Women and Leadership Project at Utah State University, working to move mountains for Utah girls and women through research, resources, and events. Information is available at utwomen.org. Election programming is also supported by Southern Utah University, offering online programs that are designed to provide flexibility and affordability, accelerate the path to professional achievement, by choosing the online degree that's right for you. Information available at suu.edu/slash online. Utah Public Radio is a statewide member-supported service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences, KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSUFM Logan.